Hey, good morning. Welcome to the Unqualified Scholar Podcast. My name is Todd. I'm here with Alyssa, and we're here to talk first about something that I don't know anything about. So what's your best shot? Well, there's a lot that I don't know. I mean, don't, <laughs> don't think that I'm sitting over here like this puddle of information. I, I don't know a lot of things. Well, we're going to keep on the uh, Greek gods trend. Oh, okay. I did, I did read some Wikipedia stuff yeah. last week. So, do you know how Zeus came to power? How Zeus came to power? No, but wasn't wasn't like doesn't he have kids? Yes, he has. Okay, kids. he has kids. How did he come to power? I don't know. So he actually had to kill his father oh. to come to power. So uh, Kronos, he killed his father to come to power, and okay. so then he knew that that could happen to him. Mm. So when Kronos and his wife um were having kids he would eat each of the kids oh because if if he eats them they can't you know um so she gets you know sad that he's eating all of her kids so she a little bit she gives chronos a stone or a rock instead of baby zeus oh and raises him in secret oh so then zeus rises to power and defeats chronos um, using his, the Titans, which I believe are siblings of Kronos. So Kronos was given a rock instead of a child, and he didn't know the difference. Correct. Sorry, Titans were on Kronos' side. Oh, okay. It was Zeus right. against the Titans. Zeus against the Titans. They sound very human, right? Like they, they sound Titan? like... No, the whole the whole Greek god and goddess thing yes. like sounds very human. They have a lot of human aspects to them. So, um, like, I I don't know Greek gods and goddesses, but if you go back to the Old Testament and you get into the Epic of Gilgamesh and things, and people, like some some scholars will say that the Bible borrowed from uh, these ancient myths, but there are really some profound differences between the God of the Bible and the gods of the ancient world. Mm -hmm. And one of the differences that you look for is how how human are they, right? Yeah. They fight, they die. Um, where the God of the Bible, he is the absolute master of everything. He's in control. Mm-hmm. He does not have any needs. I think Lauren was talking Sunday about how the the her boys were in bed, you know, talking back and forth about you know what God needed and mm-hmm. how God ate and everything. And it's like, well, they're trying to figure it out. They're little, little theologians, right? Um, one day they'll probably they'll get it all straight, <clears throat> and that'll be great. But something I know a little bit about. Uh, we've been talking about in in church anyway. We've been talking about spiritual strategies for better decision making. Mm-hmm. Can you think of a decision that you've made recently that uh, was a big one? Well, I'm trying to decide if we send Jonah to school today was a pretty big. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So your little guy's got had a fever and wasn't feeling real well. And oh, he was feeling fine. He just he, had a fever. Yeah. Was he? Did he come up and punch me yesterday? Usually he does. I think it was just Fiona. Just Fiona. Yeah. He had his tablet yesterday and it was kind of uh, gross. Yeah. Your assault children. <laughs> <laughs> they should come with a warning label. Little ninjas. Yeah, little ninjas. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> yeah, and that that's a big decision, right? Because mm-hmm. if he's okay, he should go. But especially we're at the beginning of the school year, right? So right. if you take too many sick days, then all of a sudden you're out of sick days and 
a truant officer comes to your house mm-hmm. and says, you start getting the letters. Where are you? Yeah, <laughs> we've gotten those letters. Did you know that your child missed? Well, they didn't really miss. <laughs> my uh, <clears throat> my younger son one day missed the bus, and he said, "Dad, you have to take me to school." I was like, "No, the bus isn't here yet. You know, you have a few minutes." But but but, and I said, "You can argue with me, or you can get dressed." He was putting his pants on <clears throat> at the bus stop. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, decision making is the kind of thing that I think Christians. Because we believe that God is in control, sometimes we, we, we want to find like the one thing that God wants me to do in this situation. Mm-hmm. Like so with, you know, your, your son being ill this morning or yesterday or this morning or, you know, not feeling well, having a fever. Mm-hmm. Um, like what is God's will for him going to school or not going to school? Some people get really twisted up about that. Mm-hmm. Like I would look at it and say, do the mom thing, right? You're the mom. You decide. You know the standards that the school has in place. Right. It's not really a spiritual decision, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it is in one sense, right? Because now you have the opportunity to invest in your son, to take care of him, mm-hmm. maybe to encourage him about, you know, we, we use Proverbs with our grandson, right? So okay. to encourage diligence, to encourage integrity. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, now you have an opportunity where you can invest in him today. I think that's great. Yeah. Or feed him ice cream and let him run around, which, <laughs> I mean, that's the work of being a child. Um, when, we, when we talked about this, um, we talked about a couple, we've talked about a couple different touch points in the Bible. We talked about Romans 12, 2, that talks about renewing your mind. Mm-hmm. And sometimes Christians feel like we should be zapped with information from, from God. Like God should just clearly make a picture in my mind so <laughs> that I know how to make this subjective decision, mm-hmm. whether it's sending a, a child to school or making a big purchase, right? Mm-hmm. How do I know before I make the decision that it's God's will? And that's really um, probably not the best model to by which to make decisions. Yeah. Because I think there's a lot of things that God, who has given us minds and a community to help us, he has given us these things so that we can make decisions. Mm-hmm. And we don't know the outcome. There's uncertainty, right? Well, there's the aspect of free will. He can't. Yeah. He can't make you make that decision he has to present it to you wouldn't it be great if he did yes it would make our lives a lot easier but I, yeah and i think yeah um I've, I've talked about the ice cream kid a number of times i'm sure but there was a kid in bible college who dropped his ice cream yeah and he interpreted that to mean that god didn't want him to have the ice cream mm-hmm. and i'm like you're just clumsy dude get go get another scoop mm-hmm. um so when we talk about renewing our minds, it's not something that is an additional divine information that comes to us out of the blue or in some subjective way. Mm-hmm. And so the best way that we can understand God's will for our lives is really through Scripture. Renewing your mind, when Paul talks about that in Romans, what he means is understand the letter that I've written you mm-hmm. so that you understand your new relationship to God and your new relationship to other Christians. Mm-hmm. And from that understanding, make good choices. 
And some of those choices are hard, right? Because a lot of those choices involve things like humility. Mm -hmm. And humility is um, probably like, it's, it's another thing that we misunderstand because humility is not like dragging yourself around and thinking, oh, woe is me, I am not worthy. But it has a proper view of yourself. Right. Okay. So for me, like one of the things that I know about myself is I'm not always warm and fuzzy. Right. And I'm yeah. learning more and more about that every day that I go through my life. Um, <clears throat> one of one of my uh, daughters was upset with me at one time and uh, my wife was trying to comfort her. And she said, well, you know, dad didn't have any sisters. And my daughter said, you think? Um, so it just really, you know, uh, I've learned that about myself. And so what I'm trying to accommodate, like I look in scripture, okay, how am I supposed to treat people? Gentleness, kindness, those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. So having that self-knowledge and getting into a situation with somebody, I need to be more gentle. Sometimes people need to be more, um, true, true. Let's talk, let's say true. I'll use the word truthful, right? but more insightful into the situation and more willing to take a risk to say what they really think. Mm -hmm. Like you work in a hair salon, right? Mm -hmm. Have you ever had somebody get a bad haircut? Probably. <laughs> but would you ever tell them? Like somebody oh, comes oh, in. No, so I, I allow myself to the, um, we, to the girls who are learning. So they've mm -hmm. graduated school, but they haven't like, they don't have a clientele. They haven't been working in it for years. So I let them practice, I guess you could say on okay. me. Mm -hmm. And there's been a couple of times where I've gone back to get my hair trimmed back up because it, you know, it's been a couple months and they're like, Oh yeah, there, there is a hole in your hair where a layer was taken <laughs> yeah. too short, but nobody said anything. Right. Yeah. Nobody said anything mm. to me until that's a bold move. We like, were getting to be it. The person that, like you have these inexperienced people and you're going to let them work in your hair. Yeah. It grows back. I can recolor it. I mean, oh, then... wow. That's yeah. Good. Good for you. I, um, so I don't have any hair on my head, but mm -hmm. I have a long beard. Right. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and I like what my new beard guy does. The old beard guy wasn't bad, but I like the new beard guy better. I didn't realize you needed a beard guy. Oh yeah. If you have a long beard, you have to have a beard. Guy. We don't have a lot of beards in, come into the spa then i would come in and let somebody practice but no <laughs> so sometimes we have to um and that's where like in our in our series some of the things we've talked about is you know renewing your mind but then the second thing is check your ego because so many different things get involved in our decision making process that are not rational mm -hmm. they're emotional and so <clears throat> you know, when you, when you go to buy a new car, what is the salesman trying to do? He's trying to get your emotions involved because he knows he can get your money, right? Mm -hmm. If he can bypass some of the rational processes, that's not, they're not being evil, right? Right. Um, and well, most of them are not, well, many, some, I, I don't know. I mean, these guys have bills to pay too, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I have some friends who are car dealers and who sell cars and they're trusted. You know, I trust mm -hmm. these guys, um, but they still, you know, they're still making money. So what I do, like when I go to make this big decision, I look at consumer reports mm -hmm. to see like automotive reliability. 
And I've passed on some cars because they didn't have good reliability. And for me, I don't want to work on it every weekend, right? Right. Some people wouldn't matter, but for me, I don't want to do that. So, but checking your, your ego really means to be humble enough to receive feedback from the word of God, first and foremost, mm-hmm. to go to scripture and say, okay, this is the situation. And really, it, you could say, this is what I'm thinking in my life. Mm-hmm. Hey, this behavior, I can be mean to my wife because, you know, she's subordinate to me. She listens to this. So I'll, I'm not going to get in trouble. Don't worry. It's just an example. Um, but that's not right. Because when you go back to scripture, what does it say? Submit yourselves one to another. Mm-hmm. You know, before it says, wives, submit to your husbands, it says, submit to one another. And when you think about the high bar of love, husbands, love your wives. And then it says, as Christ loved the church mm-hmm. and gave himself for it. Okay, so now, like, if you're a domineering husband, you need to check your ego, go back to the Bible, and realize that something needs to change. Mm-hmm. And that's really like that process of growth. The fight is really against ourselves to understand what the Bible says and to understand where we don't measure up so that we can then ask God to work in us and work through us. And, and this is a big community aspect of things, be humble enough so that someone can speak into your life. Mm -hmm. And that's hard, you know. Um, Does my hair look okay? Well... (laughs) Um, for a couple of weeks, I was walking around. Sometimes I cut my own hair. So I have no hair on my head. Sometimes I cut my own hair on my head. I missed a spot on the back. <laughs> Nobody said anything except my wife who said, hey, did you know that you missed a spot? There's a little streak back there. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh. And then I thought about it. And I didn't care. <laughs> so I just waited until I cut my hair the next time. Nobody else, well, nobody else, if they noticed, said anything. So lots of hair discussion today. Check your ego. And then the things we've come back to is, you know, set a foundation and catch the drift. You know, catching the drift, setting a foundation is the same thing as as renewing your mind. Understanding what the Bible says so that you can act from that depth of knowledge. Mm -hmm. Understanding, um, and, and we use the UB discipline as sort of a shorthand for some things to help us understand what we should or should not do as, uh, United Brethren Christians. But then Catch the Drift, I think, is very important because what it means or what it says is that you have to understand the Bible in the way that the Bible should be understood. A lot of people will pick up the Bible and they'll use it like a rule book. Yeah. Okay. So they'll find a verse that has a rule and then they'll just kind of smack people with it. Well, the Bible says this, smack. Okay, but what Scripture is trying to do is trying to create a kind of person that doesn't need rules. Mm -hmm. Okay, so what is that kind of person? Now, okay, so what I'm talking about are two different kinds of ethics. One is, I'm so sorry, deontological ethics. Okay. That's the rule ethics. rule Rule ethics. Just give me the rule and I'll follow the rule. The other is called virtue ethics. If you want the $2 word, it's eretaic ethics. And that means cultivate being a kind of person. Okay. You can find both kind of in, in the Bible because there are rules. Yeah. But when you think about things like do not envy, that's, it's really hard to have a rule that says don't envy, right? Yeah. What does it exactly does it mean to envy? 
Yeah, what does it mean to envy? Keeping with the hair theme, suppose somebody has a great head of hair. Mm -hmm. Well, you can envy that head of hair, but there's not a whole lot you can do about it. Right. Well, but I don't I don't know. There probably are things that you can do about it. It depends. I There's certain hairstyles I definitely can't have because mm -hmm. I don't have enough hair for it. Me too. Whether it's length or thickness. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's... Um, you could walk around being envious of the hair that everybody else has, mm -hmm. and that doesn't really do anything for you. Right. You know, and it's hard to craft a rule, you know, because now we're talking about hair. What about cars or houses or dogs or mm -hmm. kids or just whatever? You right. Know, you could be bound up about so many things. We used a text in Colossians to talk about uh, be filled, and I, I won't belabor the point because be filled really just talks about. <clears throat> be filled with the knowledge of his will. But really what the Apostle Paul was telling the Colossians is to be filled with the knowledge of his will is really to understand what Paul has taught them and then to apply that in different situations. I used, um, so we used the chart that Dr. Meters produced. Okay. Um, and I gave it out twice. And I hope that people will um, kind of follow that model and think about it when they're making big decisions. Uh, one of the big components there is prayer, right? Okay. But if we start praying for like new information, mm -hmm. okay. So if if I if I sit down and I say, Lord, I have this decision that's in front of me, I need to know what to do, mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden you get this sensation. Okay, that's not what we're looking for. Okay. Because that would be kind of. Um, Asking God for new revelation. Mm -hmm. And in our theological tradition, we believe that um, Scripture is closed. It's finished. Okay. There are no new books of the Bible to add to it. Correct. So there's not going to be a, a, a second Todd or a third Alyssa. You know, there's, there's, <laughs> we're not going to add books of the mm -hmm. Bible. And when someone comes to you and says, hey, I really feel like God wanted me to tell you this. Mm. You'd say, okay. Um, let me think about that um, and compare it to scripture and pray about it. And what you're, what you're praying for is for God to give you a discerning wisdom, right? Mm -hmm. So that you can think about something and be wise about it. When my son Martin was a little boy, he was playing with Pokemon cards. Are they the devil? <laughs> uh, actually, I don't think that they are. But someone, a, a well-intentioned Christian friend, um, we were on staff together and he came to me and he said, Hey, I see that your kid's playing with Pokemon cards. I don't think that's right. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay, thank you. It was a, he was a very, he was the kind of guy who felt like he really needed to talk to people about things that they were doing wrong or things that mm -hmm. had gone awry. Very wanted things in order. Great guy. Love him. Um, <clears throat> so I took that information. I said, okay, let me, let me pray about it. Let mm -hmm. me think about it. Let me consult scripture about it, right? Um, but I wasn't asking for some new information, right? I wasn't asking God to give me a clear picture that Pokemon cards were okay or not okay. Okay. I wasn't asking for a dream. I wasn't asking for, you know, uh, seven coin tosses to come up heads. None of those kind of things. Mm -hmm. Actually, if I was to do the coin toss thing and say, okay, Lord, if you give me seven heads in a row, then that will be your answer. That's actually pagan divination. That is. That's. What about the the cloth out in the grass? Yeah, 
Yeah, and that's laying out a fleece. That is also paganism. When Gideon does that in the Bible, that is not a model for you and I to follow, okay? But we do, Christians do, mm-hmm. you're not supposed to. Your prayer is for discerning wisdom. And so I prayed about it and I, I consulted some friends, right? Okay. Not friends that will just tell me, oh, your hair looks great. Like that, not those friends. Not the yes people. Not the yes people. You go to the, the people who will tell you exactly what they think every time. Mm-hmm. So I talked to a couple friends and they, I don't remember exactly, but I'm pretty sure that nobody was like, yep, it's the devil. Um, <clears throat> and so I did not tell him he couldn't play with Pokemon cards, right? Mm-hmm. Believing that they would eventually fade and become a distant memory. But they have not. Well. For, Maybe for Martin. For him they have, yeah. <laughs> for him they have. And he's mostly okay. No, he's fine. Um, <laughs> he's actually doing really well. So the, He's not had any um, side effects from playing. No, yeah, no, no side effects. Side effects from other things, but no side effects from Pokemon cards. And that's where I think, you know, there isn't, there are probably places that you could go in the Bible that talk about things like divination or... Um, undue influences and you could maybe see something in the bible that says don't be controlled by pokemon cards mm-hmm. you know don't be controlled by anything really but you know and that's where you'd have to look and evaluate how interested is this kid in pokemon cards right right um well that's, we got to do that with every aspect of things that can turn into mm-hmm. an idol or that sort of thing oh yeah we, so is, I think it was Martin Luther who said, it was either Martin Luther or John Calvin that said the heart is like a factory that makes idols. Mm-hmm. The human heart is a factory that makes idols. And so we do have to come back and, and compare to scripture and look at scripture and see what the Bible says, and then compare it to what we're doing in our lives, asking God for discerning wisdom the whole time. And that's where, like, if you have, if you have the rule-based understanding of the Bible, and you're looking for a rule against Pokemon cards, you won't find one. Right. Right. But if you're looking for a character quality of devotion to God, then you can say, oh, you know what? Maybe Pokemon cards have gotten a little too, um, I've gotten a little too into them, a little too interested in them. Maybe they have become something that's disrupting my devotion to God. Mm-hmm. And Pokemon cards can stand for anything, right? Right. Maybe my career has gotten too much attention. Maybe my family. Mm-hmm. Because we can idolize our children, right? Right, and I think actually in the modern world that is a that is a real serious temptation. How many times is all of our energy taken up with not just the care of our kids, but then your kids are in sports and your mm-hmm. kids are in swimming and your kids are in this and that right. and the other, and you you have to be there for every game or you're a bad parent. Right. You don't have to do that, right? Right. And your kids, okay, maybe this is meddling if you've gotten this far. Your kids don't have to be involved in every sport. Correct. They can take a, a season off. They don't have to do sports if they're not interested. Like, it's, yeah. If they aren't interested in that, then it's not something to. Yeah. And that's okay, you mm-hmm. know. Um, it's okay but, for them to sit on the bench, too. Yeah. <laughs> but how will they get into a good college? Do they have to go to college? Right. I mean, they could. I went to college. I went to a lot of college. Mm-hmm. I also went to truck driving school. 
and I make about the same money. Yeah, you know? I went to college too, and yeah. and I don't use that those degrees. Yeah, I think I would say that I well, I mean, I obviously I use my degree. I don't use a CDL anymore, right? Right. <clears throat> but I think uh, there is there is benefit in college when you can learn. Uh, you learn things in college that you maybe wouldn't learn other other ways. Yeah. Um, and I'm a big fan of the humanities. Um, the humanities is the branch of uh, education that deals with history and um, you know theology, philosophy, those those things that maybe aren't as concrete as math, mm-hmm. but those things help us think through right. you know uh, the world around us. So when we when we think about decision making and we think about applying the model. You're praying about something, but you're not asking God to zap you. You're praying for discerning wisdom. And then you're going to make a decision, right? Mm -hmm. Um, If it's not contrary to the ethical standards of of the Bible, um, and my favorite example is thinking about murder. (laughs) The Bible says no. Right. Okay, so then you you can't do that. So then you you go to like the next category. Okay, I'll just use harsh language. Okay, but that's also in the Bible. It's something you're not supposed to do. Um, But when we get to more and more subjective things, you really do have the freedom given to you by God to make a decision. Mm -hmm. And even a big decision, changing careers, you know, changing changing, um, houses, Mm -hmm. you know, buying, selling, all those kind of things. I think God would want us to do it uh, with wisdom. And so what I did is I walked through, um, we're talking about a sermon two weeks ago, and so I walked through my decision to come to work at Oak in Shore, at Shoreline in Oak Harbor. Um, and one of the things we want to be careful about, there's this thing that we do in decision-making. This comes from Annie Duke, Thinking in Bets, where she talks about resulting, Right. How do you know that your decision-making process was a good one? Well, we tend to look at the results rather than thinking about the process. You see, you could make a decision to do something, and it could be a big something, right? Mm -hmm. New new hairstyle, new beard style, (laughs) um, new house, new job, and it go very badly. But your decision-making process was great. Mm -hmm. Um, I bought a truck. Um, Five months ago, six months ago, I bought a truck. Um, now, if my truck broke down and was constantly breaking down, was my decision process to buy this truck good or bad? Well, you don't really know that, right? right? You, you, because the result doesn't always dictate the quality of your decision-making process. There's also new information that comes between the decision-making and where you are right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so um, do you homeschool your kids or do you send them to public school? Yeah. We made that kind of a year-by-year decision, and we had, as our kids got older, we let them have a lot of input into those decisions. Mm -hmm. Um, My younger son, Wendell, for him, it was all about how much time he spent at school, and he said, I can do this work in three or four hours at home, why would I spend seven hours at school? Mm-hmm. And he <clears throat> he actually did great uh, with homeschool because we let him do a lot of independent stuff and mm-hmm. learning his own way. 
So he learned how to learn for himself and yeah. overcome a lot of disabilities. Um, so now he can, he knows he can figure it out. Thanks, YouTube. <laughs> um, so as we make decisions, you come, kind of come back around to renewing your mind and thinking from the Bible out and knowing and, and believing that God gives you freedom to make choices. Mm -hmm. And so then make good choices. But when you make a choice and it goes well, you still have to go back and analyze your decision-making process. When it goes badly, you can still go back and say, no, I made the best decision I could at the time, right. even though some bad things have happened. Right. We also do some stuff, um, and this is from The Coddling of the American Mind, where it talks about negative filtering. Mm -hmm. uh, that, this is from... Uh, this is from um, counseling technique called cognitive behavioral therapy. And mm -hmm. in CBT, we do negative filtering where bad things have an outsized uh, influence on our minds. Okay. So if something goes badly, um, my truck broke down. Okay. Let's say I bought this truck. My truck broke down. Oh, Fords are garbage. <laughs> All right. Well, that's not true. Right. Right. It's just this one that I bought mm -hmm. broke down. Now, is it a normal kind of a breakdown or is it something extreme? Right. Right. So like there's there's questions to ask in all these things because your decision making process could have been great. You just had that one car that was, you know, built on a Wednesday, you know, by a guy who didn't called in sick that day. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So. One of the things that I wanted to do in this series on decision making is really like help people have the freedom to make decisions and the freedom to not be bound up by some form of divination, right? So that we're not flipping the coin or rolling the dice or trying to come to some understanding of decision making that is contrary to scripture. Okay. And that's where um, you can hit the button. I think I'm done. <laughs> I, I should probably edit that. Right? That's, I think I'm done. I'm done talking for now. Um, <clears throat> what are you deciding? Hey, if you're deciding something and you need somebody to give you uh, some thoughts and some honest uh, feedback, I would do that.